the name unto which we praise. That is the name unto which we rejoice in. The name of Jesus. The name of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The name of the one true king. The one true God. The beginning and the end. The Alpha and the Omega. The Ancient of Days. Lord, we praise your holy name, O God. Your church, we are grateful for your holy presence. We are thankful because you are our Lord and our Redeemer. We thank you, O Lord, because our life is in you. So, Father, this morning we say, Blessed is your holy name. Blessed is your holy name that is above every name. The church of the shepherds, I say, Praise be unto you. Because you are Lord and you are God. Glory and honor belongs to you, O God. From everything that is within us, we shout amen unto your holy name. We shout amen unto your holy name. And we ask that the move of your spirit will accomplish all your work in the gathering of the saints, O God. That as your word come forth, you, the Lord, will reveal yourself unto us. That your word shall be a seed of life within our inner being. Our inner man shall respond unto that word, O God. Everything that will try to, Lord, destruct your word from our heart, we bind it in the name of Jesus. And we pray that the authority of God will take hold in the name of Jesus. Be magnified. Be glorified. And be exalted. We thank you. Speak unto your children. And give us the ears to hear your voice. And they had to obey your instructions. In Jesus' name. May the church shout a big amen unto Jesus. Amen, amen. Blessings and glory. Wisdom, thanksgiving. And honor. because of me. You are here because the life that you breathe today, the breath that you breathe today, he is the provider of that breath. Hallelujah! Power and
The people don't understand. 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 profession spiritual and the physical what I am exposed to is called death <laughs> and now you are alive come and see the person who is trying to hold on to their last breath person who is trying to hold on to their last breath. They are trying to hold on to it, but the life is leaving. The life is leaving them. The life is leaving them because it's a few seconds they will no longer be able to connect with humanity. Ah, forever. called me and I was I was just in a place of sadness for someone who lays in the bed and is asking I need Jesus you don't get that the desperation that maybe some of the, some people are experiencing out of this place, out of these four borders, but some people are yearning. Father, help us. In Jesus' name. Let's read the word of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 to 7. Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed. As when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, in Galilee, the Gentiles, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. 
and increase his joy. They rejoice because you, according to, your, to the joy of, of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shadow, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of the Midianite. Midian, and every warrior sandal from the noise battle, the garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David, I repeat, upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Father, thank you for the reading of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Please have your seat. I want to speak briefly upon this message, Rejoice in His Great Light. And for the past few days, we have spoken on the subject, the broken, the yoke is broken. And then yesterday, we focused on arise, shine. Hallelujah. And the context of what I want us to really focus a lot on today has to focus on three main emphasis. One, who is the light? Two, the purpose of the light. And three, the mark of the light. If you're writing notes, it will be a blessing to you. Who is the light, the purpose of the light, and the mark of the light? This scripture that we just read was, is, a, is, is, is known as the perfect or the prophetic perfect. The history behind this is that when this prophecy came forth by the prophet Elijah, Isaiah, the things that he noted here was presented as if it had already happened. But it had not yet even occurred. So it is necessary for us to recognize that even the prophet recognized that what he was saying was already something that had been established before time. I didn't get an amen here. And to understand the, the grave context of what the prophet was revealing to us, you may have to go back to chapter 8 and read that a little bit more. Because in chapter 8, we come to recognize that the northern tribes of the people of Israel have gone through great devastation of oppression by the Assyrian kingdom. And it make mention of the two tribes here. Zebulun and also Naphtali. And it, it, the, the, the extent of the destruction of these two tribes was so severe that there was no more hope in every place. As a matter of fact, the, 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 the Assyrians had changed how everything needs to be occurred in every place. They had redesignated new regions in every place. The place now had become infiltrated with the Gentiles. You didn't get to me here. 
the land that belongs to them has now been infiltrated with the unbelievers. And new people have come to embody their homes. Maybe somebody has never taken over your home before. So you may not understand the in-depth of this. When they come to occupy your home, and they start to, I'm looking at Minister Michael now because he always tells me how my grandson is always sometimes causing trouble for him not to sleep. But then, you know, Michael and his wife used to sleep well. But now, there is a new person that has occupied the house. And, and, and now has taken over everything that he wants to take over. As small as he is, his authority and the power that he carries. They don't understand when they called him Levi. They don't understand that the name Levi itself stands for a very unique thing when it comes to God. So don't be surprised why he is taking over the house. So I keep telling him, stop complaining. Huh? If you can't sleep, that's okay. Who needs sleep? Huh? Yes. But these people have gone through a state of gloom. They are called that they were in distress. As a matter of fact, it continues to say that the land was a shadow of what? Death. Meaning that there was all hope has been lost. There was no hope anywhere else. Hallelujah. But what it amazes me here, that in this very context of what we read, it is also reflected again in the New Testament. Meaning that what we have read here, this prophetic word that the prophet revealed unto the people was not just a word just for that particular people. But it was to be a representation. It was to be to, be, to show the people what is, is to come and what is to be, to be revealed. And what is to come is that those who have rejected the word of God, those who have rejected the Lord as king, ah, there is a great distress that comes upon them. But came to realize that for John 3.16, the Bible says, for God so loved the world. So even though there is a great distress for their disobedience, because of his love, he yielded forth a provision. So he said that a great joy has come forth, an increase in his joy. And verses, verses 6 says that unto us a child is born. There is a deliverance coming. I don't know what you may have been going through. Maybe your situation may look so grave to you. Maybe your situation may look like it is so hopeless. Maybe your situation tells you there is no more solution. But I came to tell somebody here, there is a reason for you to rejoice. Because in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 4, it is revealed unto us this very particular prophetic word. And it was a prophetic word that began the ministry of Jesus. You didn't get me here. So it means that in the gospel of, 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 of Matthew, Jesus Christ himself was validating what was said before. He is the proof of it. Ah, you didn't get me. He was showing the people that as much as everything looks so gloom to your life, 
Uh, if, you, if you know, I am the Savior. And what I love the most about this very prophetic word is that it reveals unto us how God moves and does and deals with his people. That the salvation that the people were up to receive was not a salvation that was going to be dependent on works, but was dependent on grace. The people had rejected God. But grace said, I still want you to come back home. The people have gone astray. But grace said, I still love you. Maybe you have gone astray in so many ways. But I came to encourage you. God still says, come back home. The reason of Jesus Christ and the reason of this message is to remind everyone that Jesus Christ still says, he still loves you. He still wants you in his abode. But you have to understand what it means and what it takes. Hallelujah. So in this very particular verse, we come to realize about a certain light. And the verses 3 says, you have multiplied the nations. Actually, let's go back a little bit. Verses 2. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell, dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has what? Shine. Hear me. So if this word is telling us the people have seen a great light, it had not already, it had not happened yet. But the prophet says the people have seen a great light it had not happened yet but the prophet says the people have seen a great light it has not yet occurred but the people have seen a great light means that the light that we are speaking of is not just any ordinary light but it is light that is able to sustain from nations to nations, from everlasting to everlasting. It is not limited based on time. The prophetic word most of the time comes for a particular season. Because the Bible says that even though the promise may tarry, it shall surely come to pass. It has a season for it to come to pass. But in this context, the prophetic word about this light was already there. So the people have seen a great light. So it is necessary for us to understand that what this light did is that when it entered in the midst of the people, there was a multiplication of increased joy. When the, when the light entered, Something changed. I came to announce to you that if you are allowed to experience the light that is being spoken about today, you will experience all that that is in this light. You may say, Pastor, I don't understand why I need a light. Listen, I am not going to make a mistake and compare this light 
to the light switch that you have in your room that you can turn on and turn off. Because this light is not your ability. It existed before time. And not until you recognize this light in your life, like it or not, the truth be told, you work in darkness. And that darkness is where you are walking in the place of sin, where the yoke of the world has oppressed you. Where you can't seem to get yourself off the addiction. Where you can't seem to liberate yourself of the pain that you may be going through. The rejection, the shame, all these things. You walk around with so much pain inside of you. But when the light comes, it doesn't matter how many times you are rejected. It doesn't matter how many times you are put to shame. When the light comes, there is an increase in joy. Because when the light enters your home, when the light enters your heart, there is a radiance that is experienced that can never be compared to any other radiance. What am I saying here? Go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Are you there with me? If you are there, say amen unto Jesus. I read. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the earth, of the depth, of the deep. And the spirit of, the, of God was hovering over the face of the waters. All right, verses 3. Then God said, let there be light. And there was what? Light. And God said, let there be what? Light. And there was what? Light. Hallelujah. And God said, let there be what? And there was what? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now what the Spirit of God did is that because man dwells on the earth, he made sure that he elaborated the condition of the earth. Some of us will become so into enjoying the things of the earth. Our treasures is about the things of the earth. How much money I got, the car I drive, the home I live in, my, my, my status in the mix of people. Maybe I'm just preaching to myself here. But what God was saying, the condition of the earth, he said the earth was without form. And not just that, but the earth was what? Void. When the scripture used the word void, it means the earth was empty. And not just empty, but the earth was also what? Filled with what? Darkness. On the face of what? The deep. Meaning that the earth was shapeless. Hallelujah. 
But in the midst of this, the Bible tells us that the Lord said, let there be what? Let there be what? So the very thing that was formless, the very thing that was empty, the very thing that had no condition, it had no worthiness to it, it had no appreciation about it, that very thing, he spoke the word of what? Light into it. He did not speak any other word. But the, fr the first word that we came to reveal about God, that God said concerning humanity, is light. He could have spoken any other word. But the first word he spoke was what? Light. Meaning that the light that I'm speaking of this very morning is not just any ordinary light. But it is the light that takes the empty situation and fill it with joy. My God. It is the light that takes the formless situation and puts form to it. It is the light that takes the deeper situation that you think all hope is gone and bring hope back into it. I am speaking to you about the light. The light was said. And things started to occur. Your reason today of rejoicing in this great light, because the light was made available. Yes. This light has to then be of different dimension. What you need when you feel like all hope is gone is to seek the Father, let your light shine. What we need is the continuous fellowship, the continuous walk with the light. Because wherever the light is, emptiness does not have hold. Oh, you didn't get me here. Wherever the light is, formless does not have any authority. Wherever the light is, so he spoke the word and said, let there be what? Light. Let there be light. Say, let there be light. Let there be light. So check this out. If the earth was formless and everything was not in existence, but God spoke and said, let there be light that I, I have to agree with the Spirit of God in the Scripture that the light cannot be any other property, cannot be a form of chemistry, cannot be a form of biology, cannot be a form of science, but it can only be a form of God himself. So the light is God speaking everything into existence of himself. God was speaking himself into the existence of the earth. But the earth, that is why we need God. Hear me. The reason why we cannot neglect God in our life is because we need the light. Yeah. You don't need a prophet. You don't need the bishop of bishops. 
But you definitely need the light. Hmm? Am I saying something here to somebody? Are you hearing me here today? I say we need the what? The light. Go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 1 verses 5. 1 John chapter 1 verses 5. The Bible says, This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. And in him, there is no what? Darkness at all. God is light. Say, God is my light. And in him, there is no darkness. John chapter 1 verses 5. John chapter 1 verses 5. The Bible says, as the Lord was revealing unto us his son Jesus Christ, verses 5 says, the light shines. John chapter 1 verses 5. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. The light shines, but darkness cannot extinguish it. It means that what you need in the midst of your darkness day is the light. What you need to rely upon is the light. What you put your trust in is the light. Why? Because in the beginning, the light was. And today, the light still is. And tomorrow, the light will never change. Ah, you may need to change your light bulb. But this light never changes. The reason why I need the light. Ah, the pastor needs the light. The leaders need the light. Everybody needs the light. Say to your neighbor, everybody needs the light. It's about the light. And what I love the most about this translation, it says that darkness cannot extinguish it. It means that when light enters, there is no negotiation with darkness. Bishop, I don't think people understand what I'm talking about. Like, darkness, when it sees the light itself, just return back to sender. You didn't get me here. The, 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 your, your issue, your struggles, your challenges, my brothers and sisters, you know, it is not man that can do anything. It is the light that makes a difference. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the light that makes the difference. And if the people who have been called by his name will believe in the light and walk in the light, then they will know the authority and the power in the light. The light. There is no negotiation. Light comes. And darkness says, hey, wrong place. You see, when light entered the tomb of Lazarus, death had to flee. Death had to do what? Flee. You have to understand the gravity of the God that you worship. Because if you understand the gravity of this God, then your way of worshiping this God will be totally different. You will constantly be in the place of humility. Am I saying something here to the church? I'm getting there somewhere very soon with you. The purpose of the light is the next topic that I want to focus on. The purpose of the light. Go to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13 verses 30 to 37. Are you there with me? If you are there, say amen. 
Acts chapter 13, verses 30 to 37. And I'll read it. Since it's taking a while. It says, But God raised him from the dead. He was seen for many days by those who came up with him, the Galileans to, to, to Jerusalem, who are his witness to the people. He's talking about Jesus Christ here. Verse 32. And we declare to you, glad tidings, it means joy, that the promise which was made to the fathers, God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he raised up Jesus. You didn't get me here. He raised up what? Jesus. As it is also written in the second psalm, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Verse 34. And he raised him from the dead. No more to return to corruption. He has spoken that I will give you the sure mercies of David. The sure mercies of what? David. He will no more return to what? Corruption. He will not allow your, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, meaning he died. He was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up saw no what? Corruption. The purpose of the light, the first point, is that the light comes to give us the ability to overcome darkness. To overcome what? Darkness. David saw corruption. His body became decayed. But the God that we serve, our Lord Jesus, the Bible says he was what? Raised from the dead. Now what does that all mean to you? I want to take you to verses 47 of the same chapter. It says, For so the Lord has commanded who? Us. Say us. I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the world, earth. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and rejoiced the word of the Lord. And as many had been appointed to eternal life, believed. As many that were appointed, as much as God elected, yet they had to what? Believe. But the Bible says that he has what? Made us as what? Light for the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? We all were Gentiles. Hallelujah. But because of the mercies of God, because of the grace of God, the place where the, 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 the Assyrians had destroyed, the Assyrians had destroyed, and they have occupied the place with the Gentiles. They thought it was to overrule over the people that God has made, his people. But little did they realize 
that God was crafting the Gentiles also into the package of the promise of his son Jesus. You didn't get me. Sometimes your situations will push you into a condition that you feel like you have lost it all. But little did you realize that that new place, that new issue, that new thing that you find yourself in, ah, it is to reveal the power of God in your life. So the purpose is to overcome darkness. Second, go to Romans chapter 13, verses 11 to 14. The second thing is, to re- is the revelation of righteous living. Revelation of righteous living. It is through the light that we come to live righteously for Jesus. I read. Now do this. When the Bible says do something, you got to do it. Knowing the time that now it's, it's high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The light is far apart. It's far spent. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cut off the watch of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Put on what? The armor of what? Light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in rivalry or drunkenness. Let me stop. Stop allowing the way the world deals with things be the way you deal with things. Be in union of love with one another. Stop creating rivals against each other. Stop drunkenness. I'm preaching to you the truth. The truth shall be free. Not in lewdness or lust. Stop chasing after lustly things. The thing that gratifies you is what you want to chase after. Gratify after the things of God. Stop the strife and the enviness. I say what? Stop it. As a child of the light. But put on the Lord Jesus. And make no provision for the flesh. Make no provision for what? The flesh. Make no provision for the flesh. Why? Because it is up to you not to make room for the flesh. Righteous living is not a standard of choice, but it's the standard of life. Righteous living is not a standard of choice, but a standard of what? Life. Live this life in righteousness. Stop making everything about you, but make it about him.
Many of us, we seek to do things for our gratification. You don't know how many times I've gone on my knees to beg God for forgiveness. When so many times you, 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 get, you get a little bit of that attention. As a pastor, you think, oh, you're doing everything all right. I ain't doing everything all right. I need Jehovah. I need the light to help me. You think it's about your voice that makes you a singer? You sing all you can. But if you refuse the righteous life, the standard of heaven, the entrance of heaven will be a question. I'm talking to my brothers and my sisters. I'm talking to you because I know what I have to always constantly fight against. Rejecting the pride that may try to come within me. I always tell my leaders, sometimes they try to do something for me. I feel like, stop it. I don't want you to do it. Not that I'm not grateful. But I always say this. I am a, I'm a man in authority. In church, I'm in authority. At work, I'm in authority. And I fear that I will one day allow pride to enter into me. But how many of us, we live our life as if we know it all? Even serving God requires begging. Now, let me just preach it today. Let me just preach it today. I want to speak to my brothers and my sisters. Because the life that we live is life of the breath of his light. Righteous living is the standard of life. You have not experienced the fullness of life until you are living with the righteousness of God. Everything. You pop up your chest. Chill small. Say to your neighbor, chill. When a pastor steps on your feet, don't wait. Chill. If you keep chilling, you don't have to wait before you say, I have forgiven you. Before he even comes, you have forgiven him. Know that the pastor is always constantly, hear this, the pastor is constantly having to exercise discipline for this righteous living. My, my calling as a pastor does not mean righteousness comes automatically. So Apostle Paul said, after I have done all this, I will also lose it. Can I speak to the youth? Listen, I've once been a youth. And I was the it. And I thought I was the it. I ran the whole place. I had my own territory. But I'm standing here today because I realized that that life did not get me anywhere. Stop allowing your parents to beg you to go to church. Stop allowing someone to convince you to serve God. 
Now that you are alive, do it. David, the Jews, the Jew people, exalt him as a great king. But even him, he died. I am preaching it to you today because that time will come that you may need another preacher. But as you are alive today, adhering to the word of the righteousness of God, the light is about quickening you to walk in light and righteousness. We, we, we need to stop Christianity in fashion. Stop the fashion of Christianity. Live it as life. As if you depend on it. Because it is life. The reason why sometimes you're always making noise is because you've taken it for granted. But let me show you something. The third point. The purpose of this light is to reveal the glory of God in our lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to end very soon. I'm going to end very soon. I will cut some things out. And if I get you in the corner somewhere, I'll finish my preaching with you. It doesn't mean you should run away from you. Let me catch you somewhere in the corner so I can finish my message with you. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 going. Actually, chapter 5, verses 5 going. It says, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your bound servant, for, Christ, for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The light that we are speaking of has been revealed to us through the image of Jesus. And so we who have life in Jesus, we have what? The light. I'm coming to a close very soon for the sake of time. Verses 7. It says, but we have this treasure. What treasure? The treasure of the glory of the light. In earthly vessels. What vessels? Our flesh. We have this treasure in us. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Means the power that we walk in this light is not our own power, but the power that is of God. Hear this. We are hard pressed on every side, but yet not crushed. When the light is in you, you may be hard pressed by the situations of this earth, but yet it cannot crush you. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. 
when you know that he died, then you live his resurrection life. The end of the matter is this. They are mark of the light. When you get a chance, read Matthew chapter 5, verses 14. And 1 John chapter 1, verses 7. 1 John chapter 1, verses 7. And Proverbs chapter 4, verses 18. It speaks about the fellowship that we ought to have with one another. And also in the knowledge of God. The last point I want to make is in the gospel of Luke chapter 19. The Bible says there was a rich man. His name was Zacchaeus. He was rich. And Zacchaeus heard about Jesus. And when he heard about Jesus, he tried to see Jesus. But his riches could not buy him the entrance. The Bible says that he what? He ran. Climb a tree, a sycamore tree. And on that tree, he saw Jesus. Or let me say, Jesus saw him. Jesus saw him. And said, Zacchaeus, today I'm coming to your home. We were like him. Nobody would want to come to our home. But Jesus found us. And the people said, how can he go to the home of the sinner? But the Bible teaches us that Zacchaeus said, he went back into his home and gave back all that he had acquired and gave it back to the people. And said, those that he has even messed up with, robbed them, he's paid them four times the full. When you meet the light, everything else is not worth it. When the light comes to dwell with you, everything else is not worth it. The conflict, the argument, all the things that you hold on so dear, is not worth it. The things that you hold on so much, I am this. And so the person cannot talk to me like this. It's not worth it. All you want is the light to stay with you. And Zacchaeus gave away everything just to have the light. My brothers and sisters, all we need is the light. Rejoice for this great light. I end today asking God to give us grace. That we shall not be a people that just hear the word and don't be doers of it. If you are here today, you may have been going to church all right, but you truly have not given your life to Jesus. It is not about me. You are not coming to me. But you are coming to the one who is light. If that is you today, don't look left or right. Let the Spirit of God draw you nearer to him today. If you know you have not accepted him as Lord, let this be your opportune time. Wherever you are, you can raise your hand. If you know you have not accepted him as Lord and Savior, 
before I pray. If everyone here has received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, then we give him all the glory. Please rise on your feet. Father, we thank you.